If anyone has been through any remodeling, you probably know that I've probably gained probably about 10 more gray hairs than I already do from how big of a nuisance this remodeling process was. Anyway, I'm glad to be back. Today, we're going to be talking about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. All right, why don't we get started? Look, if you really didn't even notice that I was gone or couldn't upload an episode for two weeks in a row, that's fine. I mean, I'm a little hurt by that, but it's okay. You know, I'll get over it. No, I'm joking. Um, Well, I'm half joking. But anyway, I hope everyone has been well. Like I said, these past two weeks were extremely hectic, but I'm glad to be back. My office is back. My studio is back in my office. I'm actually able to work like a normal human being and not have four different offices to meet with people because this one was out of commission. But what's done is done. And we finally meet during Pentecost. And this is a good time to talk about the Holy Spirit because I actually just finished preaching about this. It's pretty funny. But what I preached about, let me give you some content of my homily for today. And I, I basically distinguished on what the things in our lives are essential and the things in our lives that we just merely want. And sometimes we mix the two up. And what I was hinting at was how the Holy Spirit was sent to us because it's an essential element of our lives. But we tend to see a lot of things that are non-essential as essential, you know, what, what do some people say? You know, if I don't get this car, I'm going to die if I don't get this car. Or, you know, just starting to over-exaggerate about a lot of the things that we want. Just because we want something doesn't mean we need it. and doesn't mean it's essential. Which is honestly very true, you know. And now I see this more and more often where people you know, like to over-exaggerate everything that they want, you know, and when they don't get it, it's the end of the world. You know, I see this a lot with uh, people that criticize the church too, you know. If they don't, if the church doesn't say what they want them to say, then there's something wrong with the church and it's, you know, something bad is going to happen and the Antichrist is here and the entire church is going to be in shambles. And, I mean, you can see how funny this could be just hearing it out loud, you know, but if you're someone that falls into this, it's a good idea to, um, I don't know, stop, you know, because you start to lose value really in the things that you actually need in this world, the, the things that have actual value to them and the things that are essential to you in your life, you know, um, you know, that's basically what I preached about today during my sermon, but today I'm going to take a different approach. Uh, And of course, it's according to the Chaldean liturgy as usual. I'm sure you guys missed that these past two weeks. But in this Basilica hymn for Pentecost Sunday, you know what, let me just read it and I'll tell you what I was thinking. So it says this, the Holy Spirit who was sent from God, the Father of truth, to the assembly of apostles, strengthen them by a graceful gift, encourage their minds in his gospel, 
and made their simplicity wise by his teaching, through a multiplicity of tongues, that they may henceforth become ambassadors among all peoples, proclaimers of the kingdom of heaven, evangelists, and preachers of the Trinity. Whoa. So, this is packed with what the Holy Spirit is going to supply and why the Holy Spirit was sent from God. Okay, first and foremost, who's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a third person of the Trinity, right? So it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And remember, the Holy Spirit is also God. And I'm not, there's no way I'm going to be getting into any Trinitarian uh, analogies right now because I do not want to fall into any heresy. It's Sunday, so let's just keep this day holy. Well, you're going to be hearing this on Monday, but anyway, any day, we just need to keep this day holy, right? So, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is also God, right? A share of that one nature, three persons, one God. And each person of the Trinity has a distinct function. And in this Basilica hymn, we really see the function of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the apostles. And just as a backdrop, when I'm commenting on what the Holy Spirit does for the apostles, you need to be thinking about putting yourself in the same position as the apostles. So put yourselves in their shoes, okay? So I don't know if anyone caught this, but there are three things right off the bat that the author of this Basilica hymn in the Chaldean liturgy explains that the Holy Spirit does. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, who is sent from God, the Father of Truth, to the assembly of the apostles, what did it do? It strengthened them. It encouraged their minds, specifically in the gospel, and made their simplicity wise by his teaching. Okay, let's rewind. The apostles were strengthened. So this tells us two things, right? That the apostles were in need of strength, and the Holy Spirit was able to supply the strength, the necessary strength that the apostles were in need of. And this strength uh, that the Holy Spirit is able to, prov- to provide also allows us to participate with the apostles in receiving that strength from the Holy Spirit. But one thing to keep in mind as we're going through what the, the Holy Spirit does in our lives is understanding that there is false strength in things, right? We start to put our strength into other things and actually think that other things that are, you know, come to pass and that are empty in and of their nature will cause us to be strengthened, which in reality causes us to become weaker. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. So sometimes when a married couple fights, okay, or any couple fights, what will happen is one spouse or the other, they will think that they're being strengthened by showing dominance over the other spouse. And sometimes one of the spouses will show that dominance in a physical manner, in a verbal manner, in an emotional manner, whatever it may be. And psychologically speaking, that person that is thinking that they're being strengthened by intimidating that person is actually becoming weaker, believe it or not. Because even if you do, I don't know, for example, think that you're strong at that very moment where you're causing harm to that other spouse, like I said, whether it's physically, emotionally, whatever, spiritually, whatever it may be, 
what it's really doing is it's lowering the quality of you as a human being. And it's ultimately going to allow people to stop taking you seriously. So that's a false idea of being strengthened by something that's a sin. But what the Holy Spirit is showing here, that the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, is able to give us the genuine strength that we're in need of in our lives. And you also see this in uh, Jesus's ministry, right? We'll see this in the Gospel of Matthew. What, who leads Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted? It is a spirit, and the spirit stays with him. Because the Spirit is who gives Christ the strength by His, you know, from the side of His humanity, right? Jesus, who had two natures, divine and human, okay? And it is the Spirit that gave Christ that strength to be able to fulfill the will of the Father in His ministry. And the Holy Spirit does the same for us, okay? So number two, the Basilica hymn says that the, the Holy Spirit encouraged their minds in the gospel. So being encouraged by mind means that there's a certain mode in a human being that is at work. And I think the mode here is the intellect. So the intellect that is being encouraged to do this certain thing. And we see something very similar happening in 1 Corinthians 12.3 where it says that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So no one can utter the words of truth that Jesus is Lord. And just to backtrack really quick, during the Last Supper, when Jesus is saying that one of you will betray me, and all the apostles are saying, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? And interestingly enough, Judas says, is that I master? Judas wasn't able to say, is that I Lord? He wasn't able to utter the word of Lord to Jesus because he did not have the spirit in him. And having the spirit within us allows us also to participate with the apostles and call Jesus Lord. So here what's happening is the Holy Spirit allows our intellect to be encouraged into doing these virtuous actions. So here in this Basilica hymn, it, it mentions to be encouraged to dive into the gospel, which is essential. Scripture is essential to our spirituality and growing in our faith. But we cannot truly understand the scriptures. We cannot truly understand that Jesus is Lord if we do things apart from the Holy Spirit. So shifting gears really quick, the Catechism in paragraph 686 says, The Holy Spirit is at work with the Father and the Son, from the beginning to the completion of the plan for our salvation. But in these end times, quote-unquote, ushered in by the Son's redeeming incarnation, the Spirit is revealed and given, recognized and welcomed as a person. And what's really interesting about this is that there is this eschatological mode that we see in the Chaldean liturgy. So during the Epiclesis, where the priest calls upon the Holy Spirit to descend upon the mysteries that are in front of him, he says, Come Holy Spirit, nethemar. May your Holy Spirit come and rest upon the oblation. And a lot of theologians and liturgists show that this has an eschatological 
mode to it. Because when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and of course, Mass being outside of time, when there's this invocation of the Holy Spirit, what we're what the priest is also asking on behalf of the people is he's looking toward the eschaton, this end of time. And here the catechism really hits it on the point where, you know, the catechism mentions the one that I read, but in these end times, ushered by the son's, son's redeeming incarnation. So the Holy Spirit is constantly at work with the Father and the Son. And this is to fulfill the complete plan of salvation. So what the liturgy does is it points us to our end times. And what the Holy Spirit does is it allows us to understand more about what these end times entail and to be more optimistic about these end times rather than falling into some sort of despair. And this idea really ties in this entire Basilica hymn for today's episode, when at the end of the Basilica hymn, it mentions how these apostles will become ambassadors among the peoples and proclaim the kingdom of heaven and become evangelists and preachers of the Trinity. So this is a full culmination of this Basilica hymn and what the Holy Spirit entails in our lives. So what our duty is, so what are we left with? We're left with opening our hearts to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives so we can participate in this mission with the apostles. Because each and every one of us, even though you're not a priest, even though you're not a nun, even though you're not part of a religious life, every single baptized Christian is called to the same vocation of preaching the good news to the world. And with this preaching, it's interesting, the end of this Basilica hymn says that these apostles will be proclaimers of the kingdom of heaven. To proclaim the kingdom of heaven, in the Greek translated, we see this in uh, in the gospel, when Jesus says, preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it, the original Greek translation translates literally to, God is near. And God is truly near. Really, because we do not know the day, we do not know the hour when the Son of Man will be coming for the second time. That's true. So, the best thing for us to do is to prepare ourselves for this second coming and to allow our lives be to be driven by the Holy Spirit. And in a practical sense, the way we can apply this to our lives is thinking about what ways we can sort of let off of certain situations and allow the Holy Spirit to be in charge. Because we become, I mean, very controlling of a lot of situations in our lives. We want to control everything, right? That's one of the reasons why, uh, one reason among many, why some people fall into deep anxiety is because they don't have certain control over things. Well, if we want to become less anxious in that sense, then it would make sense for us to allow the third person of the Trinity to take control of a lot of things in our lives. And you will see a big difference when you start to see the Holy Spirit working in your life where, okay, usually I would try to take control of this situation, but you know what? I'll leave this for the Holy Spirit. And remember, the Holy Spirit's not like a magic trick, right? So it's not where you call upon the Holy Spirit and boom, this certain thing will happen. 
No, but we work harmoniously with the Holy Spirit and allow our will to be the same will of the Holy Spirit. So, that is my sort of brief explanation on the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. And I hope you all had a great Pentecost. And again, it's great to be back. But without further ado, let's get to the lines then. One thing I want to comment on is this, is that religion and politics are not the same thing. It does not make any sense and it is really an injustice to say that because I'm in a certain political office, there are some doctrines about my faith that I'll keep for my religious side. But when I'm in politics, I will stick to politics and popularity and gaining the votes that I need for re-election or whatever personal benefit that you can gain from it. But religion doesn't work that way. Religion is not a means that is used when it's convenient for the individual. Religion is something that becomes completely part of the human person. It becomes ontologically part of the human person. When we receive baptism, we receive an indelible mark on our soul. Of course, indelible means that it's irreversible. There's a mark on our soul. And to say that, at some points, religion could be benched and we can fulfill whatever agenda we have in front of us. That's not what religion is. And that does not make that person a religious person. And really, we see this a lot in politics, where there are politicians that leave their religion at the door and completely go about living their political careers and using religion when it's convenient for them or when it wants them to you know, make them more popular or look good in the public eye. So we'll see how things play out in the political sphere. But anyway, that's my episode for today. Again, I'm very glad to be back. I'm excited to have this episode for you guys today. And I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. Again, I upload. I know I used to upload on Fridays. Now I'm uploading my episodes every Monday morning. You can catch a new episode. Please make sure to subscribe to my channel, to comment on my channel if you liked it. Maybe give five stars or what have you if you want. Uh, but no pressure there. And let your friends know about it too. And like I usually say, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on social media. You can find my social media accounts on the bio of this episode. May God bless you all. And like always, see you next time.